Welcome, and thank you for listening to the New Day Podcast. We are located in South Kansas City, proclaiming the good news of God's grace to our region and abroad. If you'd like more information, please visit our website, newdaykc.org. So, we've been teaching on prayer using the Lord's Prayer, and uh, I didn't think I'd ever say anything about prayer again. Uh, having been involved in, I guess, what was classified as part of the prayer movement uh, from the churches that I was involved in for so long. And uh, so my, my uh, journey in life led me away from that and then really uh, got undone by the, the message of grace and uh, so I kind of quit going to prayer meetings, not because I thought they were bad or wrong. I just didn't feel like it anymore. And yeah, I just didn't feel like going to another prayer meeting. And uh, and but what I found with the message of grace and God's freedom that He brought into my life, I was praying more, not less. I prayed all the time. I still do all the time now. It's like it's it's a part of me. And so I. Uh, my journey in this has been really interesting. So it's been a rediscovering, just like rediscovering who I am in Christ and what that means and who Christ is in me. It also meant rediscovering other things like spiritual disciplines. Uh, I look at meditation differently today. I look, Mark and Debbie, welcome back. I didn't know you were back in town. From many travels, welcome back. So uh, the, this journey and, and actually re-engaging and learning things um, about prayer from a new covenant perspective and, and that whole journey that happened. And so it's, it's been wonderful. And so we've been going through this and using the Lord's Prayer as a model, but looking at it through a new covenant perspective and, and the eyes of that and what that means like. With that, So we've been starting with different versions, but I'm going to do this one again from last week because I only got halfway through um, this lesson. Hopefully we're going to finish it up. And uh, this is the room of freedom is what I call it, and it's, it's forgiving others. And so would you stand with me? And we're going to say this aloud together. And say with me, our Father in heaven, may your name be kept holy. May your kingdom come soon. May your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us today the food we need. And forgive us our sins as we have forgiven those who sin against us. And don't let us yield to temptation, but rescue us from the evil one. Amen? You can be seated. It's a New Living Translation. And uh, in looking at the forgiveness issue, and the temptation to create an equation from the way um, the Scripture is written and the fulfillment of the new covenant that Jesus did is really the perfection of forgiveness. And what he said right after uh, we read in the, in the Gospels, right after he shares this, he says, hey, if you don't forgive others, I'm... I, God can't forgive you, and it's really, it's a poor translation, because the issue's not can't, 
It's, it's, it, it's, think of this, it's in the way. It's not that God's mean and if you don't forgive enough, boy, he's going to get you and you're in trouble and you're in the boo box and now you're not going to go to heaven because you didn't forget Aunt Maud for what she did that one Thanksgiving when you were six years old. That's not what he's talking about. He's talking about that forgiveness and unforgiveness becomes a stone, a rock, a block in the way of our, not only our relationship with others, but even in our relationship with God, because it's always there. It's always, it's, it's always nagging at us. And really the issue, and I, I'm not going to repeat from last week, because the issue isn't about forgiveness. And we, we looked at the cost of, of freedom in reading from the cure I will tell you this. The central issue to forgiveness is not forgiveness. Central issue is two things. Freedom and the escape of bitterness. Getting free in our hearts from bitterness. So I I read last week from The Cure, and you can get online and hear that. Really, it's this issue. Who is set free when you forgive? You are. See, there's a, here's what happens in the, in the humanness of our, of our being is we'll say something to this effect. I've said this many times in my life. Maybe you have to. I just can't forgive him. It just keeps coming up. I'm, I'm still angry. I've told the Lord a hundred times. Anybody familiar with this pattern? Three of you want to admit it? Yeah, it is. And the issue is not forgiveness or unforgiveness. The real issue is I'm bitter. And I resent them or I resent the situation. Now, the word resent means to resent, resend. And so we're trying to get back in our bitterness at the person who wounded us or offended us. We're trying to get back at them by not releasing them. It's a way of holding them. But who does it really hold? They don't even know you're doing that. I mean, it's just logical. Think through it. It doesn't mean two diddlies to them. If it did, you wouldn't have the issue of unforgiveness. It'd be a resolved conflict. They don't, most of the time, they don't don't know. And what we do is we get hitting, it's just like hitting that replay button. Boom, boom. And so the wounding of it, the bitterness is not towards them. The bitterness is going into my own soul. It goes deep down. It, 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 bitterness is icky. It's, it's like... Uh, it's like eating horseradish. You know, a little bit of it's good on some prime rib. You all hungry? But man, if you just grabbed a, a straight up raw horseradish out of the ground and it took a big bite, it burns in your mouth. It's so bitter you can't stand the taste of it. Forgiveness. 
Most of us, I think, have tried to use the, that equation, I must forgive so I can be forgiven, and we add our variation on the equation, only to fail miserably because it didn't seem to bring resolution. So we usually go through a pattern like this. In our prayers, we beg God to give us the grace to forgive the person. Have you done that one? But really, God's grace is always available for that. God's forgiving. Um, in my own life, with the, with the, uh, the amount of, I think, pain, and I don't want to make it more than it is because it wasn't anything greater than anybody else's pain. We all have pain. Uh, we all got hurt. We all have frustration and bitterness. Um, but it felt like no matter how many times I repeated the words, I forgive them, and then I'd walk away, and I'd, it'd come back to my mind, so I'd go, you didn't really forgive them, or it wouldn't bother you. You know, that's not true. I did forgive them, and I really meant it when I said it. The issue was is I couldn't get free of that bitterness. And... Uh, you know, I found that, uh, as they say in The Cure, suddenly in a fight you never wanted, you discover you're not only the victim, but the issue. It was what it did inside of me and how it trapped me, and I got stuck in a moment of time. And I could go back there. I mean, it's really strange, but if you have, like, bitter root judgments, you can go right back to that moment of time and you think it is, but you've made up stuff to go with it. Because of our pain, we tend to embellish it a little bit. Uh, we tend to, you know, make it worse. And I could give examples of that in my own life. But we, uh, uh, people tend to be awfulizers. Do you know what an awfulizer is? That's when something was awful, but you make it worse than what it was. So it's not, it's not just exaggerating it, but you set, when you retell it to somebody, you'll set up the scenarios so it paints a more graphic picture of what happened. You know? And then if it happened when you were little, like if it's from childhood and it was traumatic, then that gets colored in too. And it gets colored in as a child, not as an adult. It's an adult looking back at what the child went through. That makes it very difficult. Well, you're talking about years of counseling, Lloyd. Well, maybe it's years of walking through Christian faith and recognizing that bad things happen to good people. It just does. Does that mean God's not good? No. It means sin exists in the earth. But I know this, the person that it was trapping is me. And I wasn't trapped with unforgiveness, I was trapped with bitterness. Because the perpetrator, uh, in most of my cases, wasn't even alive anymore. How could they own anything that they did? So what I thought I'd do is I took this straight out of the cure, especially with John coming, so, uh, so it would um, pique your interest a little bit. But they write about this in the cure and spend a whole chapter on it. 
This is what he says. Here's the characteristics of a bitterness trap. It's, this is what happens. You become preoccupied with the event. You become a prosecuting attorney consistently building your case. It's funny, we can actually do this, and you'll find that you, in your self-talk, you start talking to yourself about, well, they really, and you'll start building the case against them. You become obsessed with justice and accuracy. You become unable to love well, neglecting the needs of others. You get stuck. Does this sound familiar at all? You become unable to see from any other vantage point but your own. That's how it happened. Even if another, let's say a family member, so let's get real nitty gritty this morning, goes, huh, it didn't happen that way. But for you, it happened exactly like that, and you will argue it, you know, until the Chiefs win the Super Bowl again. Could be a long time. You become more and more uptight. Your joy is robbed. Actually creates unhealthiness in your body. I've watched people that are, that are racked with bitterness from their childhood and their bodies are unhealthy from it. You become intent on telling your side of things to as many as possible, as often as possible. You become unable to interpret history accurately. You gradually alienate yourself from all unwilling to carry your banner. You get people to play sides with you. You become wrung to the question of God's motives, intentions, and care. This is what I found in my own life. The issue is not unforgiveness. The issue is bitterness about what the unforgiveness was directed towards. I was mad as at somebody. Haha, you get in trouble, not me. Your fault, your fault. And here's the problem. Bitterness never results in just being me. If I have bitter judgments in my life, it affects the people around me. And my bitterness taints their life. And that bitterness leads to more bitterness. And I find myself not being able to sing the songs that we sang. I, I, have a, I maintain a list of regrets, even in my bitterness. It might taste nasty, but at least it's the taste that I know. I get real familiar with it. Um, in my own life, you know, the main cause, and you guys have heard much of my story, was, was my own father and how I went through that. And, what, and you know, and you go, Here, here's what happened in my later years, and especially after reading The Cure. It's like I would, talking with the Lord about it, because this is about prayer and about freedom. And uh, 
And I got so sick of myself, I got tired of it. And I would say, good grief, you're 60 some years old and that still has a hold on your life? Give it up, man. Get over it and move on. You see, it was a bitter root thing deep, deep inside of my soul. And this is the way it affected others. Because it affected my emotions, it affected my behavior. Because it affected my behavior, it distorted the real me. And so I would have to pretend around people. And I tell you, this is where the mask comes in. Put up a mask. I could teach on healing and tell people how the Lord would heal them and walk away going, you ain't healed, you liar, you fake, you hypocrite. How dare you preach? So uh, there were certain topics I wouldn't preach on because it couldn't get free in my own life. But the issue is when traumatic things happen, you can't get rid of them. They're up here. But you can get free of the bitterness. How? Let's do this one aloud together too. Pursue peace with all people and holiness without which no one will see the Lord looking carefully lest anyone fall short of the grace of God, lest any root of bitterness springing up cause trouble, and by this many become defiled. What gets rid of bitterness? Full grace. What is grace? God's unmerited favor. God's favor in your life. See, we try to look for other things of bitterness. Uh, even, um, man, and I know you get desperate when you can't get free of stuff. You'll do anything. You'll, you'll pay for counseling. You'll do all that stuff. But this is what I found. The more I embraced God's love for me, his unmerited favor, and realized that he wasn't holding things against me that I did, how could I possibly hold it against others? So the real issue was my relationship with God and my heart getting free from the past was my heart getting free from me. Of having an honest dialogue with God and and saying things like, because see, it gets locked up in here. The brain's a really interesting thing, isn't it? You know, and I've done everything for, and I'm not, I'm not coming against any teaching or anything, the healing of memories and all that stuff, stuff. And then when this happened, I started reading The Cure, and then God getting involved in my life. This is what I found. God's okay with me. Oh, really? He's, he's okay. He was, he's okay with my weaknesses and the things that happened to me that helped fracture some of my, who I was as a person. He's going, oh, kiddo, I'm okay with you. Would you heal me, Lord? He goes, I did. 
Doesn't feel like it. You are. I'm completely in you. So I kept trying to get him to deal with my broke places, and he goes, I healed you. It's like trying to get him to deal with your sin. He forgave you. Go to him to, because you are forgiven, not to convince him to forgive you. You don't have to do that. Instead, look at the cross. The cross should convince us. And the same is true of the grace of God with healing and with the issue of being able to forgive. Instead of begging God to give you enough grace to forgive somebody, just say, wash the bitterness out of me, God. Just wash it right away. Did they know what they were doing? In some cases, yeah. Does that really make a difference? Well, yeah, they're more bad than somebody who didn't mean to do it. Do you see that this becomes futile in our thinking? Here's the grace of God coming in, going, oh, I'm so for you. I am so for you today. If I'm for you, who or what can be against you? Can the past? No. How do you let it go? Well, I learned instead of living in resentment, I did learn to resend it, but it was this. I resent it to Christ. Without, without a list of things that went with it. Uh, you know, because I, I can have, I don't know about you, but my emotional memories, you know, I, I can be, uh, you know, sitting with a cup of tea and the smell of the tea and the, and the situation and the way I'm holding the cup and I go, oh my gosh, John Rendles, you know, I want to drop the cup and get away from it, you know, because I get an image of my dad sitting there. You know, Really? I'm going to let that bind up my heart in bitterness. Send it back to Jesus. Did you get free? Yes. Yes. And when it comes up again, I'll get free. If it comes up again, I'll get free. Because the same thing that got me in is the same thing that gets me through. That's the grace of God. Does it ever get easier? Oh, you bet. I'd be lying to you if I didn't, didn't tell you that, you know? And I can tell you today, the man that was John Rendles, I don't have excuses for him. He was not a good man. But I tell you what, I think he loved Lloyd. How do you know that? Because I love Tanner and Brooke and Hunter. He didn't know how to live out of his brokenness, and so he piled his brokenness on me. Listen, don't let the bitterness of somebody else's brokenness pile on to you and defile many others, especially your children. You should hide it from them. No, I talked openly with my kids about it and told them about what Jesus did for me in the midst of that. Without denigrating without slaying my father and holding him up for his own crucifixion, but was honest about it, you know? God won't quit 
And the only way I know to get free of bitterness is to do the Frozen song. We were all sick of it a couple years ago. Let it go! You know, by the end of that song, you're going, for God's sake, let it go. Let the... I'll let it be over with. Um, Here's a real key I found. When I would give up, I'd say, Lord, this tastes bitter, and I want a fresh drink of grace. And then I would move into something. I would start worshiping God. Just start worshiping. Instead of trying to convince him that he should heal me, and then I'd be okay. He goes, kiddo, I did it all for you. I really did it all. What song did you sing? My own. My own song to him. Just lifted it up in a song. You know, maybe that's what he meant by a new song. Just lifted my song up to him. Well, you ought to hear my voice. I don't think he wants to hear it. Well, there you go denigrating yourself. You got some bitterness there. Just got to give it up. When you do, this is what I found. A freshness comes into our soul. It's like the rain coming when it's been really hot. I just, I had the, I worked out in that heat all day yesterday, and I had to do a a dumpster run, so I had to drive up here. And I drove up here, and it poured rain, and I watched the temperature gauge, because it was pouring rain, so I couldn't get out of the truck. I watched the temperature gauge on my truck go from 93 to 71 in about five minutes. I went, no way. That's what God does with us. The minute we say, oh God, wash me of that. Wash me of that bitter taste. And the temperature, you see, because you've just been eating too many of those ghost peppers. That ghost been wreaking havoc in your life. When I sing a song, and I just, I just started, I don't know, I, sat, I was thinking about this message, I sat in the truck, and I just started singing a song. And uh, you may not appreciate it, but God loves my goofiness. He loves that side of me. And uh, it's as authentic as any other side of me. And it's not goofy in a junior high sort of way, but it's just, um, he really likes me the way I'm wired. He, you know, he likes my straight hair, likes my nose, likes that little bald patch that I wish would have never been there so I'd have a really strong beard. He likes everything about me, likes my humor, likes the music I like, likes the way I've done it. And when I got convinced that, all that bitter, you know, he's not mad at the people I'm mad at. I spent a lifetime trying to convince him to be there. He had to be on my side in this, right? 
buddy, I'm not mad. It's an amazing thing of what the cross did. And it's an amazing thing if you will take your resentment and resend it to the cross. What does that look like? Lord, just, what does that really mean? Jesus, I come to you right now and I'm tasting bitterness again. Lord, you went to a cross for all the bitterness in this world. You took it into yourself. You became a bitter thing that hung on the cross. And it died. It died right there. The the very fact of it died. But you did something incredible. You rose up out of the ground. A brand new plant. And there was no bitterness left. You took it all into yourself and then you rose without a speck of it. Completely clean. So I give it to you that way right now. I take those thoughts and those hurts and those pains and I bury them in the ground with Christ. And I ask that you would be raised into new thought, a new way of seeing it, a God way of seeing it, that they would have life in them. And they would not be an entrapment in a moment of time for me. In Jesus' name. Amen? Try it. Just, just give it, oh, Lloyd, I've talked to the Lord so many times about it. Just try it. Instead of praying about forgiveness, pray about the bitterness. Give up the bitter judgment. And see what happens in your heart. Well, then I can go reconcile with him. Oh, 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 stop. Way different story. And talk about reconciliation. Talked about giving up the bitterness. And you're free from the bitterness. Listen, nobody can keep you trapped if you're free. He's free, is free indeed. And there's nothing better than being free from bitter root judgments. Nothing better. Because then I don't have to hold it against him. One final thing. You ought to try it with yourself. Some of you got bitter root judgments against yourself. You did it. You weren't the victim. You were the perpetrator. Last time I remember, Jesus died for both the victim and the victimizer. A lot of us don't want to admit to being the perpetrator. It was me. Isn't it interesting? Paul said, I I was the chief of sinners, you know? Can you imagine trying to convert people to faith in Christianity when he killed those who were trying to do it? Imagine how it was. Can you see the freedom, though, in that story? Because it's God that qualifies us. Not because we did the forgiveness part right. Did Paul have regrets? I don't think Paul had one regret. I don't. He said this, I know whom I have believed in, and I am persuaded that he is able to keep that 
which I've committed to him against that day, the day of standing before the Lord or the return of the Lord, whichever day he meant. His heart was convinced that God was for him. You will get free of bitterness when you get convinced that God's heart is for you. He doesn't have to hold one thing against you. You don't have to pay another price. You couldn't do it anyway. You don't have enough to do it. Sorry. There's only one healing, salvation in Christ. Would you stand with me? Here's the power of the new covenant. You can stand on this one thing. You're already complete and finished. If you hang on to bitterness, you're hanging on to something that doesn't actually exist. It's an illusion. You have Christ. I have the Lord. And he's for me doesn't hold a thing against me. He doesn't hold a thing against the people who did things against me. It's stunning. Now, out of that, yes, restoration can happen. But that's a miracle work of God. That's for another story and another teaching, yeah? Let's pray. God... We're going to look carefully this morning to make sure we don't fall short of grace. That doesn't mean doing something better. It means don't fall short of grace. Grace is an encompassing thing. You saved the world through it. What a concept. Only you could come up with this. So we look carefully, and we ask that you till the garden of our soul this morning. And those bitter roots, we just ask that, and Lord, I'm going to ask that you do something for us. And I know that you're always this way, but would you be sensitive and just, just pull it out real carefully? And then fill it in with your love. And freedom. For this is a room of freedom. In Jesus' name.